Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. I'm your host Stu and joining me today is nobody. I'm going solo. Now look, we all know life can be a little bit dark, a little bit challenging. So I'm here to bring you a little bit of joy, a little bit of light. Unfortunately, Brad can't make it today for reasons that I'm sure they'll go into on the next podcast. But yeah, so what have I been playing? Well, I've been playing some good stuff, I can tell you. The first thing I've been playing is a game called An Anku, which is a fairly unusual name for a start. I don't know where it comes from. I'm probably a little bit culturally backward, not knowing. But uh, yeah, it's a kind of roguelite exploration crafting adventure. So... If you think a little bit like Tunic or even slightly like the Zeldas, a little bit of Diablo thrown in, you kind of go around a little level, like a map, and you need to defeat certain things within that map to progress. The tweak to the normal formula being that you have to scavenge stuff from your environment. And these are things like charcoal, iron wood, fabric, all sorts of things like that. And you've got a menu that you go into and you can craft stuff on the fly. And you have to do this because the enemy is getting more numerous and more powerful and you have to collect souls to upgrade as well. So, you know, that sounds like comparatively normal, understandable stuff. What it sets it apart a little bit in a good way is the fact that when you collect things, you have to do it as quickly as you can because you're obviously most of the time under attack. And there's a kind of system like Gears of War where there's a a sweet spot where you press the button to collect and then press again in the little sweet spot to collect the most efficiently and quickly that you can and each each one each item type that you collect has a a different cadence so when you're collecting iron it's got a long bar with a tiny tiny little window in the middle of where you need to press a second time to to get the most efficient collection whereas just basic stuff like mushrooms which you collect to create health potions have a very big window and it's very quick and it's very easy to do so it's really quite clever and the combat is nice enough. Uh, it lacks a little bit of impact. I would say maybe a little bit more kind of screen shake or reaction off things to give it a bit of heft would be nice. But minor, minor grumble that. It is generally, you know, fun. There's lots of different enemy types. They all have different types and patterns of attack. They have ranged attacks and and melee and magical and it's nicely designed too it's very pretty uh it's got a kind of uh, like a cartoonish painterly kind of look to it very good very very attractive what really jumps out as well when you start in it is the soundtrack which kind of reminds me of if you remember um Hush, the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it's all entirely, uh, obviously, you know, almost entirely, without any speech or dialogue, and there's lots and lots of, uh, lots and lots of musical stings, it's, it's all very violin-y and cello, and there's a lot of that in it, there's a lot of that, and it, it's kind of got that same kind of, 
yeah, kind of witchy feel to it in a way, which is enhanced by the fact that you're in the woods in the, uh, the first map at least. I've played it for a good few hours, but not got off the first map because I'm a bit rubbish. But um, yeah, so it's got a, a good vibe to it, a little bit spooky, a little bit Halloween-y, a lovely crafting system. Um, you can go in at any point and make anything that is available to you. I won't like go into too many things, but obviously there's like crafting around your weaponry, your defenses, your speed, things like that, you know, as you'd expect. But there's some nice tweaks to it as well that are worth discovering for yourself. And they're always available. It just depends on what you've collected. So yeah, I'm, I, I was quite surprised by it in a really pleasant way. And I'm really enjoying it and I'm definitely going to carry on with it. I think it's early access at the moment and it's not been released at time of recording, I don't think. Uh, but I will check. But yeah, it's it's really good. It's really good. So it's called Ananku and it's a kind of, as I say, roguelite adventure game. Plays. I'm playing it on Steam. It plays really well on my PC. It doesn't perform brilliantly on the Steam Deck. I can get it to run fairly stably at 40 frames per second, but it does drop to 30. I don't really understand why. I've not looked into what engine it uses. I would have a stab and a guess at Unity. But it's yeah, it it for what it's for the size of the game, I think it's only a few hundred meg. And the graphics, which are pleasant but not pushing the system I would say there's not really any reason for it not to be hitting 60 or over so that's a little bit disappointing for the deck as it suits the deck for play as well but anyway that aside nice game check it out so yeah the second game I want to talk about is Xeno Tilt now this is a pinball game and I absolutely adore pinball I'm not the pinball expert that is your favorite pinball obsessive Brad and they'll talk about it when they're on next. But yeah, I love everything about it. I love the weight, the heft of real pinball. I love how it's kind of repurposed, sort of mechanical engineering for fun. You know, there's a lot of that with original arcade games, you know, when you're going back to, I suppose, right fairs and circuses way back from the Victorian era when they started to try and create things that were you know based around electricity but they also used physics and they had a lot of bright lights and noise and then they brought in like calliopes and or calliopes I don't know how it's pronounced um you know they brought in zithers they brought in all of this stuff that was fun flea circuses you know that kind of mechanical thing and it's got that weight heft physics that's just really fun to interact with and the noise and the clatter, it should be annoying, but it isn't. It's actually really exciting. There's something about it that's just totally unique with, you know, well, there's Pachinko, which is pretty much, you know, <laughs> based on the same principles, but you know what I mean. It's that kind of defying physics using something that's noisy, clattery. I suppose it's almost as if you're doing a job that you thought as a, a young boy, and hopefully these days, young girls, um, of like driving a great big digger, or you know, piloting an airplane, or or running a steam train, that kind of, yeah, it's a job, yeah, it's got a mechanical function, but it's all about the excitement of transferring that mechanical 
control into into power and movement and that was pretty deep to go into for talking about a pinball game but you know that's where it comes from and I've not really got into them massively and my experience is like around the console side and I was like first introduced them with uh, with Alien Crush and Devil Crash on the PC Engine I started playing those probably in the early 90s a few years after they'd come out and it's where the theme really was the thing that drew me in because they're good pinball games possibly you might even class them as great pinball games but they're not kind of like oh my god you know this just just changes the world but they're fun and they're attractive but it's the theme and obviously you know one is a fantasy theme and one is a sci-fi alien horror theme and that's where Xenotilt comes in so Xenotilt and Demon's Tilt which was its predecessor they mimic those two games they're like spiritual successors they're kind of homages but they take things a lot lot further and what it brings to the table haha that you don't have in in real physical pinball and this doesn't mean it's better it's just different is things like you can have little uh guns pop up like it's got this mechanic in xeno tilt where if you manage to balance the ball on on your flipper you can push down on the stick and it will fire off these guns and destroying these little critters these irritating little creatures that get in the way will score you extra points there's a little bit of a risk reward in that can't be done i suppose it could be done in real life but it would cost hundreds of thousands to uh, to put into the into the table but what you couldn't do is have um these reactive objects that you can destroy with the ball or with the guns and they do that a lot in these games they have these critters that go across the table you know little sci-fi objects that you destroy and that give you points and you know there's physics around them and I recognise I'm going into a massively long <laughs> rant about how what constructs a very good modern uh, video game pinball table so I'll shut myself up but suffice to say that all of that works really well the graphics are fantastic. I love them. I, I like them a lot more than those in Demon's Tilt, which were good. But this has got a kind of synth wavy, kind of cyberpunk, but not kind of aesthetic to it. It's got a very industrial, silly, sexy, kind of silly, violent look to it. Like a, a grim, but excitingly chromed sheen, if you like. You know, it is very masculine, it's very kind of testosterone-y, but it kind of works, it's very silly. Um, hopefully nobody takes it too seriously. There are a bit too many jiggly boobs for my liking, but you know, comes with the territory sometimes, so I just kind of ignore them. But there's some really excellent stuff, like if you look at the, the artwork, there's like a, a skull face and there's a tiger face and things like that that you destroy to reveal other things underneath them. And that's a very you know, common trope in, in video game Pumble. And it works really, really well here. So it's, as I say, got a bit of a synthwave influence, got a bit of a cyberpunk influence. Uh, some tropes I don't like, but mostly don't care. And yeah, really amazing looking game that doesn't strain the hardware, works great on the Steam Deck. Jump in, jump out. You know, your average game will probably last, um, if you're at my skill level, about 10 minutes. Um, if you're at Brad's, probably more like an hour to two hours. But honestly, I really do suck at these things. But I don't care, because I can jump in and jump out and still really enjoy it like I can with Tetris. 
So yeah, if you like pinball or the idea of video game pinball, you've got to have this. This is the best for me that I've played fantasy themed and stretching what you can do because it's got other things like you know teleporting the ball and lasers being fired at your pinball and things like that i won't go into too much detail because i don't want to ruin you know there's lots of little tweaks and surprises that are there for the fun if you if you like the sounds of that that's massively over the top senses destroying kind of video game pinball you've got to get it it's going to be really really high up my games of the year lists at least so far because I'm enjoying every moment I've had with it. It's just, it really is at that level for me. And the final thing I want to chat about today is another game that I've bought because I've really splashed out this month. Uh, it's just been a little bit of a hefty month in terms of releases of stuff that I'm really looking forward to than there was. And I, uh, yeah, splashed the cash, but it is worth it. And that one is just a brief chat around Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. So obviously this is a continuation of the Mecha series that started 1997, I think, from software. So, you know, the, the guys who do all the Soulsborne games, Demon's Souls and Dark Souls and Elden Ring and all that caper. Not traditionally games that I like at all. Um, known for being pretty brutally difficult, you know, having very specific ways of playing them. Very, very challenging and very dark, thematically dark, and often visually very dark. So I don't like those games. I didn't like Sekiro. Why did I buy this? Well, I love mecha games, or mech games, whatever you want to call them. I love them. I really, really do enjoy them. Um, I don't think there are very many that, that really scratch the itch for me. Um, my my favourites... My favourite of recent years, and I say recent in inverted commas, is Demon X Machina, which came out on the Switch and then on the PC. I'm not sure if it hit any other platforms. Really good, beautiful to look at, great fun. Um, and going from that to this, in the space of about three years or whatever, it is a bit of a it's just a bit of a cultural change because it is so very from. Oh, it's very from. So really hard. You have to engage the game on the way that it makes you have to play it you can't just go into a from software game and apply previous knowledge i mean some obviously you know but you know, the cadence the speed the tempo of attack the way that stamina bars work the way that bosses because most of their games are kind of focused on a kind of boss boss mentality rather than having the majority of your encounters be against smaller enemies they, they tend to be the duration and the difficulty and the challenge comes in, in you know facing these these massive bosses that have complex patterns and they they go over you know several stages and stuff and when you get used to that tempo you really click with it the question the thing that repels some people and fascinates others is how long can I cope with having to get into that mindset whilst it's punishing me before I get the reward? And it, it puts a lot of people off and it attracts a lot of people. And mostly it puts me off. For this one so far, it's got a few quality of life things that I appreciate. Like you can like heal and you can you have like reasonable checkpointing. Um, 
it's still brutally hard. Will it be something that I love? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm going to give it a, quite a lot of time. I'm willing to put you know, a good few hours into it. I've put about two into it so far. I'm going to give it at least 10 hours before I decide whether I'm going to keep it or not. I bought it on PS5 because I've bought a PS5 game for about God knows how long. So yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping to have a, a good conversation with somebody. I'm hoping to bring a guest in to chat about it, hopefully next week, maybe the week after. So yeah, we shall see. So just that's very early impressions. It's kind of what you expect. The only thing I will say that I haven't mentioned so far are the visuals, which are so far quite underwhelming. Um, obviously, we didn't expect it to look very next-gen, and it doesn't. It's it's very previous-gen. It's very PS4. You know, runs nicely, though. You know, it's got a pretty much stable 60 frames per second. But visually, it's all a few, apart from a few kind of blur effects and uh, some some nice particle effects it's 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 pretty staid looking and aesthetically it's it's pretty gray you know it's it's pretty gray but yeah apart from that we'll see it's it's a it's a wait and see i think a lot of people are going to love it i it does bring up the thing of the internet binary again like something is either perfect and brilliant and flawless and amazing and you've got to buy into it or oh my god this is terrible this is rubbish I don't, you know why would anyone play this and i really don't like that kind of critical thinking because it isn't critical thinking it's just reaction and it's just based on a internet clickbaity culture that i don't agree with and there's been a lot of this binary in the lead up to its release of like oh is it going to be good or is it going to be a failure and then it's like oh yeah we've hit the metacritic 80 or 90 or whatever and tons of great reviews and it's like well there's room for some nuance you know this you can give this game a 65 um you know or give it a it's good with a little thumbs up and that's fine you don't have to ally yourself and attach your emotions and invest in it to the point where it's either got to change your life or it's got to ruin it and I'm happy to come on here and say, look, you know, visually it's not brilliant. I'm enjoying it so far, but I don't know if it's going to blow my skirt up without it being a big deal. So if I was going to give any advice, it would be, you know, feel confident in your opinion and don't feel like you have to align yourself with a, a, a hate or a love. You know, you can be indifferent. You can you can feel that something is average. You can say that it's not the next big thing, but still enjoy it. You know, these things are fine. <laughs> Anyway, there you go. That's my philosophy for the day. Lucky you. Now, to finish off, I'm going to do a couple of the Q&A questions just to leave things on a slightly lighter note and, uh, you know, a bit more personal note as well. So let's have a go. I'll bring them up. Here we go in real time just so you can feel the, feel the realism. Feel how we do all these things off the cuff. Well, we do, like, genuinely, as we've said in the past. Brad and I just do everything off the cuff. It's just that we're we're very happy to just spill all of our verbal diarrhea and we're used to doing things without any preparation. So, right, okay. So, here's one. If you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? Uh, it's a, that's a really good question. I really like this question because you don't often think about things outside of your work a lot really other than what can I fit in that will allow me to get home in time to like service all of the, all of my uh, corporate overlords needs after the weekend or you know in the evening or whatever but um yeah I've recently got quite obsessed with the idea of a hot air balloon trip 
really, really want to do that. I, yeah, it just, it really appeals to me, the sort of, you know, comparative quiet, the verticality, what, not being in a plane, um, the exposure to the outside. Uh, it's just something that seems really kind of beautiful about it. And more and more over the years, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's got into my head as something I really want to do. But I've also, in a more kind of accessible and cheaper way, I've bought like a, an inflatable kayak and I intend to like go on the sea with it, which sounds like a recipe for, you know, instant kind of unli- unaliving myself. But I've also bought like a flotation thing and I'm going to hopefully get a little bit of instruction on how to do it in person. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that because I, I live near the sea now. So I want to give that a go. My wife's, uh, one of her dreams is to ride with a team of huskies. Um, so, yeah, on a sled and all of that. So I would love to do that. That would be really nice. Uh, but you kind of, your, your bog standard, um, your bog standard, what can I do in a day? Just somewhere that te- I go, that's pretty. I honestly, genuinely fills me with a lot of joy just going somewhere really, really nice. Uh, it doesn't have to be like, you know, anything special or commercial and we talked yeah a couple of weeks ago about how i like liminal spaces you know just basic getting you to a to b spaces i I like them so anything like that but yesterday like we we went to uh, the dovey osprey project which is you know as you'd expect to see ospreys which was amazing as it always is and that's down near mchuntleth and then we went to dogethley which is on the way which is very beautiful a welsh town and that was unplanned uh, it was fantastic so i love doing stuff like that i just want to be out there and doing things like that um but i'm in here speaking to you instead because i care about you <laughs> anyway there you go so that's it and another one very very quickly if you could sing anything at karaoke what would you do what would you sing well i've actually done karaoke a couple of times not loads of times but a couple and <clears throat> the most memorable one was in Portugal. Uh, me and my then best friend went. We we're on holiday together, and we went to this bar, and uh, it was like pretty much deserted. It was midweek, uh, middle of a working week for those for those guys, not for us because we were on holiday, obviously. And we sang uh, "Love Will Tear Us Apart" by Joy Division to a mostly empty <laughs> bar. The two of us up on stage, uh, which was a pretty surreal experience, and we overheard the people like saying, "Is this how it's supposed to be sung?" It's like, and the other person went, "Yeah, yeah, this is this is how the song goes." <laughs> so, only me and him could pick like one of the least crowd-pleasing songs to ever do as karaoke. Um, yeah, so quite a surreal experience, and we weren't even drunk. So there you go. Okay, so that will be it for this week. I hope putting up with me on my own wasn't too onerous an experience. It doesn't happen very often, but, you know, we wish our best and uh, our love to Brad. He's had a challenging few days. Everyone's safe. That's the important thing. Just a few things going on in life that have caused ructions, as life tends to do for you occasionally. But in the meantime... Follow all of our content on the socials, engage with us on YouTube. If you want to chat, feel free to join our Discord. But in the meantime, until next time, stay safe and stay sane.